Welcome to Tropeful, a weekly look at how trope influences our understanding of our texts. I'm Cantor David Reinwald, and this week we look at the sixth portion in the Torah, Parashat Toldot. This week we venture into the story of Jacob and Esau, from their birth to the flipped around frenzy of their sibling rivalry, which follows their entire lives. The twists of fate which we know are coming, and yet, there are still ones that keep us scratching our heads. We root for Jacob as the ultimate victor, but we have to step back to ask ourselves if this is really right and fair. Truth be told, I really love the dense literary quality of all of the stories in Genesis. There is so much in this book that it often feels like we are racing by so many rich details. I think one could truly spend an entire year talking and learning more about every aspect of these stories and the individuals and personalities in play. Before I delve into the portion, for those of you who are local, I will be leading a tropeful Torah study live this Saturday, December 3rd at Temple Beth Shalom in the boardroom at 915 Together, we will look at and discuss many of the points that I'm talking about in today's podcast, as well as many others that are better seen and discussed in person, and there is always a lot of spirited discussion. You really never know where it will lead, but it always leads to a path of enlightenment. I hope you can join us if you're nearby. So now, let's begin to look at the portion, and I'm focusing this week on the end of the portion, as I wanted to see where the trope elevated itself alongside a possible corresponding elevation in the plotline of the story. I was very pleased to see that the trope did not disappoint. First, this is the first portion of five that includes a rare trope called Mercha Kifula, the double Mercha trope. And this is the only portion that has this trope in all of Genesis. Let me read for you a little bit of the end of the story to give you what I am calling the wind-up of the ending, which hopefully we will find leading to the pinnacle climax of the plot. The essential parts of the story with which I am skipping are when a hungry brutish Esau half-heartedly sells off his birthright to Jacob over a bowl of lentils. Yes, it sounds silly, but if you didn't know this story already you would be shocked at how much it affects his future. At the end of the story, Jacob becomes a trickster and now seeks to claim that much-desired blessing from his father Isaac, who clearly does not know of the stealing of the birthright. Jacob dresses up as the hairy Esau, who has come in working from the field by putting on a goat hide. Oh, and all of this trickery was also directed to Jacob by his mother Rebecca, but I won't dwell on her too much. And that's where we pick up in the story, beginning at chapter 27, verse 18. This is how it reads. He went to his father, and he said, Father, and he said, Yes, which of my sons are you? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Pray sit up and eat of my game, that you may give me your innermost blessing. Isaac said to his son, How did you succeed so quickly, my son? And he said, Because Adonai your God granted me good fortune. Isaac said to Jacob, Come closer that I may feel you, my son, whether you are really my son Esau or not. 
So Jacob drew close to his father Isaac, who felt him and wondered. The voice is the voice of Jacob, yet the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau, and so he blessed him. He asked, Are you really my son Esau? And when he said, I am, he said, Serve me and let me eat of my son's game, that I may give you my innermost blessing. So he served him and he ate, and he brought him wine, and he drank. And there, as we conclude verse 25, we find that rare trope, Mercha Kifula, on the word lo, connecting to the phrase, Jacob brought to him, that's to Isaac, wine, and Isaac drank. The notes of the Mercha Kifula shift the key of the chanting of the sentence from major to minor. Mercha Kifula by itself sounds like this. Mercha Kifula. I will now chant this entire sentence, all of verse 25. Listen for this shift toward the end. Vayomer Hagishali Veokla Mitsaid Benihi Leman Tivarechecha Nafshi Vayageshlo Vayochal Vayave Lo Yain Vayesht. So while placing the trope on the word lo doesn't necessarily make that word incredibly important, for me it notes that this is a very rare circumstance happening here in the story. Jacob is twisting the outcome. Something isn't the same here, both in the music or in the fateful result. This isn't normal, or shall we say, this is about to become the new normal in this saga. Isaac goes on to give the blessing to the one whom he thinks is Esau, or whom he at least pretends is Esau. Much has been discussed along these lines. The blessing doesn't also have a specific poetic form in the Hebrew as we have seen in the past, but it reads in verses 28 and 29, May God give you of the dew of the heaven and the fat of the earth, abundance of new grain and wine. Let peoples serve you, and nations bow to you. Be master over your brothers, and let your mother's sons bow to you. Cursed be they who curse you, blessed they who bless you. When the real Esau returns and finds that his blessing has also been stolen, he becomes enraged. And then, in verse 33, Isaac, now learning what has happened, trembles and speaks the words, Who was it then? And the minute Isaac speaks these words are the first time in this portion that we hear the elaborate trope, Pazer, which has a minimum of nine notes on the stress of the word. The trope by itself sounds like this. Pazer. Now, there are actually two pazers in a row in the middle of verse 33. I will now sing the entire verse so that you can hear the dramatic rise of the text right in the middle. 
Vayecharad Yitzchak Charada Gidola Admeod Vayomer Mi Efo Hu Hatsad Said Vayaveli Vaochal Mikol Beterem Tavo Vaavarachehu Gambaruch Yehyeh. This whole verse translates as Isaac was seized with very violent trembling. Who was it then, he demanded, that hunted game and brought it to me? Moreover, I ate of it before you came, and I blessed him. Now he must remain blessed. Esau's response to Isaac in having lost his blessing is an outcry of, Bless me too, father. And he says this two separate times, each time using almost the exact same trope. In verse 35, we end with, Barachini gamani avi. And then in verse 38, we hear in the middle, Barachini gamani avi. We know that this double outcry is because Esau is very upset, but we should mark this up a notch because the Torah doesn't repeat things in its brief and concise nature unless it is trying to really highlight an idea or situation. This is very much the case in this portion. And the second time it is repeated, the word Avi, my father, rises in greater demand and anticipation of the response from Isaac, for the verse hasn't ended at that point. So, are we left to feel sorry and empathetic for Esau? Has he done something awful to deserve to be cornered in such a fashion? In the end, he too does receive a blessing. But with the true words of blessing earlier given to Jacob in disguise, the words given to Esau foretell of Esau's servitude to his brother. Some blessing. I will leave this for you to contemplate, as so many of these stories do. After all, this story will continue on next week, when I hope you will join me again for Parashat Vayetse. In the meantime, you can now find Tropeful on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app, as well as via Stitcher, and of course, at our dedicated website, tropeful.net. So until next time, be tropeful. Tropeful. 